Sorry for the technical difficulties. It's been a while since this has happened, but of course just, it wouldn't be a show without it. But just just start over. Just start over. It, 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 it's pointless. It, it would just take forever to edit that. So let's just start from scratch. We we don't have to restart the call though. Just I'll edit out this twenty two seconds. So just let's just redo it. Okay. Hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Calchos Pantheon. As always, I'm your host Danielle. And as always, I'm joined by my podcast partner, Alice. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm fine. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, before we got dropped off, we were reacting to what had taken place with Zlatan and Lukaku in the Copa Italia quarterfinals. So tell, tell people what you said, um, what were your thought on that is, and then I'll give my thought, and then we can get into the rest of the games. Okay, now I have to remember what I said. <laughs> just, just speak. It doesn't have to go word for word. Just, just speak your mind. Um, like I said, it was this. In this instance, it was basically uncalled for on both parties. Um, of course, Zlatan called Romelu Lukaku a donkey, and to go back and do your voodoo stuff, which is commonly voodoo is used in like Africa and. So basically insinuating that he's a part of that stuff. And, and of course, donkey is, is basically a racial slur for somebody who's a black person. That was definitely uncalled for. Um, and it was uncalled for that they brought, he also insulted Lukaku's mom. But on this flip side, it was uncalled for for Lukaku especially knowing that he ran the risk of getting another yellow card, which now I apparently, from what I'm hearing, he won't be able to compete in the match against Juventus tomorrow in the first leg of the semifinals. He can play the second leg, though. Of course he can play the second leg, but the first leg is out of the question. So, yep. but, and of course, then he brought in to... The insults for um, he brought in Zlatan's wife into the situation, and it was just like, if you knew you were going to risk getting suspended from the first round of the semifinals of the Coppa Italia, I would have just walked away because and kept my uh playing time intact instead of going on the. Um, defensive because now you're not going to be able to play and Lukaku is one of our better players. So without him, we have to change the tactics a little bit. And so who knows how this is going to affect things, but I still think overall, we'll get into the why I think this. Over two legs against Juventus, Inter should probably be able to handle it, but it's just um, one of those situations that was uncalled for on both sides. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. Um, one point on the racial thing, people are breaking this down as Zlatan being racist. Uh, that is actually inaccurate. Um, the, the words he used made him sound like a racist, but several teammates have defended him one thing or another. Um, he was uncalled for. Both should have been sent off. Uh, Zlatan was hugely uh, disrespectful in the, the use of what he was saying, and um, Ukaku retaliated 
um, when he didn't need to, things like that. Um, so something you may not know. So you know when he talked about do your voodoo magic? Right. <laughs> so here's something you may not know. So remember, uh, before he went to Inter, he was at Everton, and then he moved from Everton to Manchester United. Uh, do you remember that? Uh, very little about that. Okay. So when Lukaku went to Manchester United – his in his press conference, he said, "Voodoo magic told me to leave to go to Man United and to leave Everton." So when when Zlatan is saying, "Go back and do your voodoo magic," he's not referring to going back to Africa, or or so. There's no racial connotation in the use of him saying that to Lukaku. He's he's reflecting on the uh, whole uh, press conference where he 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 admitted that voodoo magic told him to. Um, so I don't know where he was going with it, but it's definitely not of a racial variety um, that that people may have con- uh, may have thought. Uh, so I just want to clear it up so everybody's aware of of that situation. Um, but then, I mean, but obviously both should have been sent off. Um, but I don't think you should paint Zlatan as a racist. He looked like a clown, but so did Lukaku equally. Both should have been should have been straight red uh, carded. And uh, and that was that. But I just I, I was I thought it was important to mention that because a lot of people are calling Zlatan a racist. And I just want to make I just want to make it know that this, it's abundantly clear that when Lukaku when he says that to Lukaku, he's not talking about going back to Africa. He's talking about the, the voodoo magic comments from uh, when he moved to Everton and Man United. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, after the um, whole debacle. Four four tunes. Shout out to those guys who always know how to make me laugh. Um, uh, they actually had a segment where, like, during the match, once that altercation started, they went off to a stage where it said, "It's your mama versus your wife," <laughs> and then they just came up with jo- Zlatan said jokes about um Lukaku's uh, mom, like your mom is so fat she jumped in a pool and all the water came out. And then, um, for the and then Lukaku would say like, "Your wife is so ugly. She threw a boomerang and it refused to come back." <laughs> it was just like then it just went into hold the whole entire thing. They just took it and ran with it, and it's so the video was funny. So if you haven't checked it out, I highly suggest it because that stuff is hilarious. So anyway, now we are getting into the goods. Um. First match we're going to be talking about is Torino drawing 1-1 with Fiorentina. Um, yeah, this was <laughs> – it's funny. If Torino were a, a functioning football team, they would have won this game because Fiorentina gave them every chance in the world to, to sort of convert and, and do something. But every single – there was a couple crossbar hits in this game, but, I mean – uh, it's just the Torino's crossing was actually pretty decent. It, it and and in sort of that sort of situation, but I mean they just couldn't finish. Um, beautiful goal by Bellotti, uh largely because of the pass that dipped into inside the box for the finish. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Fiorentina, as we know, is inconsistent. Um, get they, well, this is Fiorentina, right? I have this right. Yes. Okay. They're, they're really inconsistent, um, but uh, I don't think they're in, in any bigger threat of embarrassing themselves more so than they already have. 
Um, this isn't a European team, but this is a team that can finish in the top ten. Well, Torino, uh, they they got they had a couple of games where they were decent, and then everything seemed to collapse, and they seem to not have been able to get back that winning form um, since uh, Torino sort of, um, you know, got that big win. But uh, yeah, so it's it's there's not too much to say about this uh, Torino. Um, I think there were a couple of red cards this game too. Both of them were questionable. Um, so it was just a messy game in the rain and um, uh, Torino ended up getting a point. Um, so, but it, I think it's a bigger deal for, for Torino than it is for Fiorentina because Fiorentina, we, we understand they're, they're, they're inconsistent and they're not going to go into Europe, but we also understand how talented they are. So that's what, what's our frustration. We recognize that Torino is not very talented and they need points more than anybody. Practically, so I think this is this is a game I, f- I feel like Torino uh, let slip. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, Fiorentina, we know they're not going to compete for Europe, but at least yeah, they're not a bad. They're team, not a though. bad they're team, like- obviously, but they're going to finish in the top ten like they usually do. After saying, "Oh, we're going to push for Europe, we're going to push for Europe," and then we all, you and I, sit there like. Uh, in, fa- in, fa- in fairness, it's usually it's usually the the uh, the, pre- the president of Fiorentina more than actually the fans. Um, Joseph did have them down as a um, as a dark horse team this season, so <laughs> you know, and we love Joseph, but I, I, he got that one wrong. But you know, there's still a team that's going to be in the t- top ten, probably not, but not a team that's going to be threatened by relegation. Last year they were kind of, and then the couple years before that they were much more uh, dangerous in terms of being brought down. Um, but um, yeah, so they're just, they're they're a good team with lots of talent. They just they can't put it all together. You know what I mean? Right. And then Torino, obviously, you're, they're they're continuing to struggle, and it just hopefully they're able to get some momentum again because it just sucks seeing them in this state. Um, wh- why do you think, um, Torino, what do you think Torino will need to do since obviously the transfer window is now closed and there's no hope of getting somebody to come into the club right now? What do you think they need to do uh, with the players or that they currently do have? Um, well, first, I think it's still open for a couple hours. Um, actually, um, if I have that right. Um, there hasn't been any announcement that it's, that it's officially closed. Usually, usually get that tweet from uh, Fabrizio Romario that the window is now closed, and I haven't gotten that tweet, so I'm assuming it's still open. Because I don't know the time. It's hard to calculate the time difference. But anyway, regardless, they can't. Uh, they can't add any. There's not enough time to add anybody in there. Um, they gave away their best midfielder to Milan, um, who looked very strong. Um, at least there was a game where he didn't play well, but. Um, and then they're just relying on, uh, uh, you know, Bellotti to score goals and uh, Simone Zaza will have a game once in a while. But but they're deep. I don't know. They're, there's a lot of problems with this team. They're not like they're not going to go down as one of the worst teams to ever play in the league or anything like that. But this team is really bad. They have they have an, they have some talent. I wouldn't say a lot of talent, but they should have enough where they should at least be uh you know, around 15, 16, not to be totally sort of downgraded in the fucking relegation zone. And we, as we know, 
you, you, you as you know, the, Torino is a team I have a, a, a great affection for because of the project I did um, on their, their the, the greatest, uh, their great team, the Granite Torino team. Um, I spent a long time writing that project. Um, if you haven't read, check it out. <laughs> but um, um, shameless plug there. But but I think that uh, there's not nothing. There's there's not a lot they can do. With some of the other teams in their area, they have added pieces. Um, some of them had not used them correctly, which is why you'll you'll see me go on a probably a five minute rant at some point in the show. But but uh, they should at least have tried to get someone in, and even if it's alone, there are, there are lots of t- players out there who need game time that could have gone alone, and I think they they failed to do it in in the way they you know they should have, and it's just. I just it's it's hard. Belotti gives you a chance to survive, but that's about it. That's all those fans have to hang their hat on is hopefully he he does enough to where they can they can pull it off. But um, to be honest, they seem doomed. Yeah, it just sucks to see them go from a because I remember when I first got into the sport, they were like in the middle of the table at least last. Not last year, but the year before that. Um, so you would have already been around the sport for a while, but but they finished seventh that season. De Rossi's last season, they finished seventh. So, and that wasn't that long ago. They they made the playoff round of the Europa League. Uh, they lost to Wolves, Wolverhampton in England, but but it was like it was a pretty close back and forth between the two of them. Um, so it, it's it's so frustrating how. Their biggest strength during that season has now been their biggest weakness. They can't defend, and if Bellacci doesn't score, they don't do much. Right. Up next, we have Air Conditioning Milan versus Lunch Meat FC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Milan looked like dog crap in this game. Um, their, um, their new signing they got from Chelsea center back um, – I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I, I, I won't be able to hit it. But uh, he was unbelievable for Milan. Uh, as far as a Serie A debut, it's hard to imagine that being topped. He was um, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, sort of questions why Chelsea allowed him to go. Uh, but, you know, Milan worked hard to get that deal done. Uh, and it happened. Um, I think uh, Milan played really poorly in this game. Uh, they got two penalties. Um, and uh, so let me let me let me throw this analogy. So the penalty difference between um, you know uh, everyone else's Milan is. Do you remember? Uh, I know you're not a big basketball fan, but you know, remember the Golden State Warriors had all those players and they kept winning, going to the finals uh, over the past few years. Yeah, when they had that big super team and they kept going to the final over and over and over again. I know you're not a basketball fan, but you get what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're talking about because I've been eating attention a little gap, bit. The gap between penalties is the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are a horrible team. Uh, so they are getting – I think they're te- they have 10 more penalties than the next person. And the funny thing about this, they got two penalties in the game. Neither one were penalties. The first one was ridiculous. The goalkeeper went for the ball, and uh, Zlatan was barely touched. He didn't dive or anything like that, but it shouldn't have been. Uh, then uh, uh, the, the the keeper from Verona, I think his name is Krakowski, he, he makes a save, but then the, they score the rebound. Um, and then there's another penalty where Frank Kessie gets it and beats him. Um, 
And, you know, they they get back in the game, um, Bologna, and they find a way to sort of to, to put up a pretty good performance because they've struggled. this. They've been really bad this year. Um, but they, they look pretty good in this game. It's unfortunate because uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, sorry, the, the Bologna goalkeeper was unbelievable. A former Roma player, but but he has he made every save one man can make, and the only reason that they lost this game is because of uh, the first penalty where he saved it, but uh, uh, they scored on the rebound. Right. Yeah, I ex- kind of expected uh, uh, Milan to do a little bit better, especially against um, Bologna, who has not. They've been there, but not there. There, if that makes sense. Um, they have like they have good players, but they but they're not playing well. Yeah, so I expected Milan to be a little bit more, um, I guess attacking in this match. But other than that, I mean, yeah, they got the win, and that's all that has to be said. Is they're continuing their momentum, and also so is Inter, but. We'll get. To- yeah, but this is bad momentum though because they play bad. If when you win like that, you can't go into the next game thinking, "Oh, we this is good for us." No, this is horrible. This was, this is exactly what this is the, Milan's biggest nightmare because they they kept on winning, but they're now sort of uh, not playing well, which means the possibility of them slipping is hi- highly likely now. Uh, I don't think they'll slip out of the top two. I think the two Milan teams are the teams that are going to be fighting for it, but they're they're showing their vulnerable side in the worst possible moment. Right, especially now since we're in the back half of the season, and yeah, uh, it's, and it's only and it's only it's only two points as well. Right, so hopefully there's more slip ups for them to come because I want a title. I'm hungry. <laughs> but anyway, um, up next, Juventus win two zero against Sampdoria. Um, Juventus played well. Um, I, I, Chiesa has really been playing well the last couple of games, really uh, c- controlled. Um, and he's he's been putting it up. I mean, not numbers aren't going to – as you know, numbers don't satisfy me. I don't care about the numbers that much. But he's been playing really well. Marat did a really good job setting up that. It was just a really well-executed goal on the first. Um, and then they, they, they obviously get a goal late – to, to kill off, but I thought it's weird. You, you know, you know, what I've noticed when we talk about Sampdoria games, what that every time they lose, for some reason, we always tend to say positive things about Sampdoria in a losing effort because th- this this is no different. Juventus talent wise is a better team. Sampdoria is in the top um, ten right now or whatever, but still, Juventus you think would would find this easy, and I, I don't think they found it that easy. I think they scored that goal and they they had a hard time creating a lot. Uh, Ronaldo missed a huge chance, almost uh, I, I want to say like fifteen minutes after they had scored to extend it. Another not good game for Ronaldo. Um, and it's not just me saying it. I saw a Juventus fan on Twitter talking about how this is the seventh game, bad game Ronaldo's played in a row. Um, and I had I had a really good exchange with a um, another Juve fan about sort of the whole uh, idea that Ronaldo still is Real Madrid Ronaldo, which isn't the case. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, I think Sam Doria played really well. They played him tough. They lose in the end. Um, 
but again, uh, I think it's it's we have to be looking at at them as of Sampdoria as a team that could maybe push for the European places. I don't think they'll get it, but they've shown a lot. And Juventus may not play it perfect, but they played well enough to give them enough confidence uh, for the game against Roma on Saturday. But uh, they played well and uh, and they got the job done. But Sampdoria really looked. Uh, like a, a real team uh, in the game, despite uh, losing effort. And by the way, if anybody is looking for goalkeepers, um, I'm not sure I'm going to go back on what I said, that I, I'm good with the goalkeeper. It may not hurt to get another goalkeeper, but I'm not I'm not to the point yet where I'm just looking at the goalkeepers as a priority, for at least for my team. But uh, Odero from Sampdoria, for teams like Inter who need a new goalkeeper and for other teams who are looking for an upgrade, um, he would be someone to look at because he's been phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Um, Juventus, it, I mean, they, they should have found, as you said, they should have found this match easy, but it wasn't as easy as it would be. But of course, this is a team that is under new management and th- they're dealing with a Ronaldo who isn't like Real Madrid. Ronaldo, he hasn't been performing as good as he used to. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, you're dealing with a team that also has brought in a bu- some new players like Western McKinney. And I know they also had another one they brought in. I can't remember their name, but. They brought in Arthur. They brought in. Um... Can that, is that, can that really be it? Yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. Those, I think those are only two. But, I yeah, they brought in those players who are still trying to adapt, especially Western McKinney. Um, who has actually performed really well in you? Yeah. Where, Sorry, I, I know because when he was in Germany, he was required to play all these different roles, and it was just very difficult for him to try to do every single one of them to perfection. But now that he's gotten into a club where they only make him do one thing, he has just performed leaps and bounds from what we saw from him in Germany. Uh. Yeah, he's the best player. I definitely agree. And, and, but of course, like I said, this is a team that's currently adapting to obviously new management and new players. So, and trying to get that formula down. So, this isn't like the Juventus that we saw for a very long time perform at a really high level. So, right. But this is the same, this is still the same Juventus as last season, though. The, the only difference is they have a new coach and they sign another, another couple of players. But you, Juventus is still Juventus. I could be coaching that Juventus team. They'd be doing what they're doing. But that's not the point. The point is that Juventus are still – they may not – they're not winning it, but they will make Inter and AC Milan many points this season. Um, and they'll, they'll be in the Champions League and they'll – you know, this is still Juventus. They still have that winning mentality and they still can manage to, you know, get – get those performances under their belt. So I, I think it's reminiscent to say that this is, you know, the, uh, this Juventus is not capable because we know they are um, based on some of the performance we've seen. Right. And Sampdoria, they, despite the result, they performed really well. Um, their goalkeeper is, as you just said, is amazing. And I would like to see him on Inter. Um, and so, Overall, Juventus get the result, and um, there's nothing really much more to say about that one. Um, 
Inter Milan win 4-0 against Benevento. <laughs> I had your mighty horse, are you? What? I needed a lot. Can't help it. <laughs> At least today. All right. Um, I'm going to test your intelligence in a minute here, but before that, um, uh, what you, what's your reaction to the Well, to the game? I think Inter did very well in this match. Um, they kept uh, the dominant, they kept the possession. I think it was like 67% to like 30 something percent for Benevento. Yeah, they, but that's not that's not uncommon. That's every game you have dominant possession. Um, the, we kept Benevento to no chances throughout the game, no shots on goal, no nothing for them. Um, so this is a team that this is, um, was definitely an expected result. Um, Simi has Inter over the dominant side and they had the momentum after beating AC Milan in the Copa Italia quarterfinal. Um, overall, the, uh, Lukaku and Martinez did very well in this match. It was nice to see them kind of be both be back in form, which is something that hasn't been seen in a while. And Martinez um, scored, which uh, brought his goal- scoreless drought to an end. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of good things that had happened in this match. Um, what were your thoughts on Erickson? He scored He scored two or one? I think one. When? Um, well, technically, I- uh, I'm against I'm against Benavides. Hang on, I don't think he scored. Okay, own goal, whatever. That was his goal. Bullshit. That's not his goal. Uh, because the first the first goal right. was an own goal, right? If I have that right, yeah. That I don't believe. I'm not. I'm not. I don't count that as an own goal. But I, I count that as his goal because it's not like the defender put it into his own net on purpose. It just came off his shot and it just touched his leg and it went in. Um, anyway, what are your thoughts on? Um, uh, on Erickson's performance, uh, not just this week, but in the Copa Italia matchup. And uh, does it change your mentality or your uh, – um, far, as far as going forward in the future? Um, I definitely think this is a step in the right direction for him, especially since in the beginning it just looked like he wouldn't have had any place on this team. But I don't know. Um, it's the changing Conte's tactics on how he's utilizing him that has kind of seen him perform a little bit better. Um, but overall, going forward, at this point, I would like to keep him for a little bit longer, seeing if there's actually a way to fully adapt him into the squad. But but we'll see, because like I said, I just don't want him to end up in the situation like he did early, like a couple of months ago, where he was just a substitute in the last like two or three minutes of a match and wasn't getting any playing time. But maybe this might be that thing that causes him to maybe be put more in a starting position or, if anything, brought in in the like second half at least maybe 30 minutes before the half ends or something. Because. Do- you could go ahead. You were gonna ask the follow up. Go ahead. No, finish your thought. No, I'll ask. Okay. Um. But yeah, hopefully this is that like gateway for him to be into the squad a little bit more. But going forward, 
who knows what's going to happen. But if this is a way, this was proof that he could work in our squad, I would like to keep him for as long as possible. But if he's not going to be utilized in the same capacity continuously, then, of course, I'm still where I was a, co a couple weeks ago that he needs to get to a club that's going to, like, use his talent to a butt better, I guess. That's how I'm going to finish it off. Yeah. Um, do you think the change of his playing time is a strategic point of view in terms of trying to jack up his price so they can sell him for – so they don't have to sell him for cheap next time? I summer? mean, that is definitely a possibility. Or if they're literally trying to figure out ways to acclimate him into the squad so – Antonio Conte doesn't look like the bad guy. Um, maybe he wants to give him a little bit more playing time to really see what his potential could fully be with the team. So there could be a couple different factors on why they're allowing him more playing time. So I just hope. True, but I, I just don't think Antonio Conte. Look, <laughs> bad guys win titles. Antonio has a bunch of titles, not like Mourinho has a bunch of titles, not like Dio Simeone isn't like he wins everything. I mean, so I don't think it's not like that. Antonio feels like he needs to rectify the, the, the choice to, to sign him um, at, at last January. Um, so would you say that he's on this team next season, or do you, would you think do you still think he's going to be I sold? I still think he may be sold, but depending on how things continue with his performance being improving, especially since getting a little bit more playing time and finally being able to show what he's capable of, it is possible he could still be on the squad this next season. But at this point in time, I still think he's going to be sold. Uh, are you as just personally speaking? Are you fine with parting ways with him, or do you have any need for him not to be, be so? Well, I I think it's still like what do you? What was the question? All right, let me put it this way: if you're the if 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 you were in charge of signings or sign that's a, signings and sales uh, at the end of next season, would you would you choose to sell him? Um. I would probably sell him to a team that would definitely utilize him. Like before, during this transfer window, he was linked with a potential transfer to Leicester City. Um, but like I said, but it, oh, of course, obviously, we don't make this decisions. But yeah, but I'll, let me tell you this: teams do not sell play do, sell particular players based on whether they'll fit. They'll take the best offer if the player accepts a go. So, so when they sell him, they're not going to take into account whether or not Erickson will be happy at new club. They don't care. They're trying to win. They don't, this isn't a, this isn't a business for, for, to make friends. This is a business to win. And when they decide to sell him, and I still think they will, maybe they'll give him some, Erickson can shut down any offer he wants, but people will take the best offer. And I think that, or if or a club that has a good relationship with Inter, so I don't know. That's just my viewpoint on it. Yeah. Um. And anyway, um. No, I, I think you guys played good. Um. I think it was a dominating performance. 
to shut out a Benevento team that's been really good this season is impressive. Um, but also not that impressive since you beat them 5-2 the first time. So I'm not – but, again, you after that big win against AC Milan, you – you you continue to to run and you 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 ended up winning that game um, yeah, and I think that's important just especially after a big victory inter uh, typically to, you know fall a little short on that respect and uh, I think it's a big it's a big performance and just based on the fact you just kept it going um, Lukaku was okay, not great, great. I know he scored two, but not great. Uh, but Lataro looks really, really good uh, in the game. Uh, he probably could have scored a couple more more times, but I really like the way he played. He's he is sort of playing within his own identity instead of uh, you know trying to um, to to sort of play the game that Conte or the Conte or the team wants. Uh, he needs to be able to be comfortable in his role, and I think he's uh, starting to do that. Um, all right, so I have one more. Qu- uh, even though it was a good performance, what's something you you feel uh, Inter did well, uh, and what's something you 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 still see as a problem going forward? Well, what Inter? Well, one thing I was liking was the attacking and the aggressiveness of the team. Um, they continued to create chances throughout the whole entire match. And, of course, I also like the defensive side of it as well because they were able to keep Benevento from even having one single chance during the whole match. Um, One thing I'm not liking... I really don't know at this point, but... I think one thing that they still need to work on is just making sure that they keep things consistent. Because consistency, because like you could see Inter, like especially, um, they have weeks of good matches and then they end up slumping for a match or two and then they come back and continue to perform at a very high level. Um, so, I, like I said, consistency is still going to be, like, one of the issues going fo- going forward. But if they're able to, like, fix that, um, they should be in good shape. Yeah. Um, surprise. You always seem to find the negative part of it because you it takes you 80 weeks to even acknowledge that you might be in the title I'm not wrong, though. I asked you about the title race about 10 times, and it took the 10th time for you to finally nod. Um, who, uh, who's the man of the match? I would say Martinez in this one, because not only did he help set up the goals for um, Lukaku, he also scored himself, which this is one of the, I guess this is one of his better matches that I've seen from him in quite a couple, in quite some time. So it was just nice to finally see him like adapt and get back into that role that we saw at the start of the season. But of course, when you're playing the way Conte likes you, wants you to play, you may end up losing that form. But he may be like, okay, screw this. This isn't working for me. I'm going to just play to the best of my ability and play in my role. So, and he's showing that he's still good. At the way he plays, so yeah, 
the assist was I thought was more impressive than the goal because he just and I don't even know if he was credited with it, but he comes in and picks off the ball in, in the middle of the air and then it just kind of sets up the cock who scores that, you know, basically a pretty simple goal. So I thought that was really impressive. Um, apparently he is going to resign his, uh, uh, with Inter Milan. Um, how, how do you, uh, you feel about that? And is there any concerns as, in regards to now that the deal is Well, done? I have no concerns, but you and I talked about this yesterday when um, on Facebook. Um, I'm flipping pancakes about this. I'm excited. Because when you told me that, I'm like, yes! Because <laughs> I was, because as we all sat, knew that at this, during last summer's transfer window, and he was linked with a possible transfer to Barcelona. Then there was also talks of with Man City about this, the transfer. But now that he's signing a contract extension, that means for a while, hands off the freaking merchandise. And so, this just makes me so happy. Um, I'm, I'm sure Aston Villa fans felt that when Fabian Dell signed his <laughs> <laughs> The classic Fabian Dell. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, contracts mean not as much as they used to. Um, I think it's a good deal. I actually, I, I, it depends how much it's for. Um, what I, I don't know if it will happen, but I, I would be somewhat concerned about the fact that he got his money. Is he, is he now going to perform, or is he going to, you know, go in and out of games like, like he has at least sometimes? Um, so I think the reaction of of after the deal is signed will be. Interesting. I think it'll be fine. Um, I don't think M- Martinez is going to be there for the entire contract just because he's highly regarded and eventually somebody's going to pay a large, a very large amount to, to sign him. But I think it, 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 uh, it postpones the departure and he'll be there at least another couple, another couple of years. Um, but um, we'll see what the end result of this is. But I, I just, um, up next, we have Udinese winning 1-0 against Spezia. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, United played well. It was a penalty that decided it, but they had so many chances in this game. They probably could have scored on several more occasions. Um, Spezia, after having a good couple of weeks, um, just didn't, didn't show up. Uh, Maybe it was because of the way they lost their uh, last weekend. Um, obviously, that's heartbreaking and losing to a 90-second uh, winner, especially when you equalize in the 90th minute. Uh, I can understand frustration. It just seemed like uh, they didn't perform well. The goalkeeper played well. They kept it close. Um, but Udinese uh, had a lot of chances this game. Probably should have scored more. Wasted so many chances. So, like, there's not too much to hang your head on. DePaul was good. Uh, penalty, uh, earning the penalty, and then scoring. Um, when uh, they, when they're st- the signing they make clears, I think they should be a much better uh, team. They looked pretty decent without Kevin Lasagna, uh, who transferred to Els Verona. Um, but I, I think it was a good performance for a team that doesn't want to be involved in the da- the relegation zone. So they're they're out of the clear. Um, Spates, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. It could turn out to be the beginning of the end. I don't think so, but they could mentally break down, 
especially after the last two losses, a close one nil uh, to United and then obviously losing in the 92nd minute last week. Um, but we'll see how they react, how they respond to it. But um, yeah, I me too. But I think they have what it takes to come back from this, especially since we've seen them perform very well this season. Um, I just Udinese, uh, as you has Elliot just stated, they played very well. Um, they had the momentum throughout the match, but hopefully, Spezia, this isn't the beginning of the end for you because it would suck to see that happen. But hopefully, you're able to figure out what's gotten wrong in the past two matches and hopefully fix them. So you guys can continue performing at a great level going forward. Um, up next, your best friends Lazio winning three one against Atalanta. You mean the worst defending I've ever seen in my whole life, Atalanta? <laughs> yeah, it it was horrible. I mean, I'll back to Atalanta and what they uh, what they you know what they did and what they've done. But I'm not under this in, in, uh, under this impression that we need to cheer for Atlanta because they they surprised us all. Yeah, it was great that the, the last two years that they had. It was an incredible team to watch. But there's no reason for any of us to want to, to see them do this forever. It's just it was inevitable that this was going to happen. This is still a team that's always going to be in the European conversation. But we don't need them as a title team. It's not necessary. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I understand it's a sad when it when initially, but it's 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 not a team that we ever expected to be good. So again, so that's a whole different point. But um, yeah, they were terrible. They 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 were some of the worst defending I've seen in my whole life. Um, just just lazy defending. And one thing to another led to another, and they they got a goal. Um, but they, it was just a horrible performance. Lots of were great. Um, um, and, you know, they're playing well right now. Um, I do find it weird that Lazio fans are making fun of Gasparini for being such a source, uh, such a loser, such a uh, poor sport, when literally they're on their own sideline. The, the, the two biggest, most excuse-driven managers – in the whole league are Gasparini and Inzaghi. I just thought it was, I thought it was humorous. The fact that they were making fun for Inzaghi or not making fun of Gasparini for being a loser when Inzaghi literally makes more excuses than anybody. So I know that's a whole nother thing, uh, but fair play to lots of, they played well. Um, uh, that, that Turkish, uh, <laughs> the Turkish uh, striker that, um, um, that Fernando said is horrible scored. So good for him. Um, Lazari was great. Uh, Coro was great. They, I mean, they were all great. But um, the only thing, I, the only thing I would say is uh, Lazari has to square that ball to Mobley, who was basically by himself. He would have scored another goal. So um, if it wasn't for that, they would have won four, four, one or whatever. Um, but you know, you you have to like what you've seen from Lazio the last couple of weeks. I still don't think this is a team that's winning, going to the Champions League. Um, but at the same time. Uh, they're playing well. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lazio have been performing at a really good level lately. Um, unfortunately for you, Ro uh, yeah, but they're not going to catch up to Roma, obviously, this season because. Uh, probably not, but it, it is only like three three or four points, so it's possible. But 
that's my, my point isn't so, I mean, as much as, as I rag on Lazio, but my point isn't that they're not they're going to finish ahead of Roma. My point is they're not making the Champions League. If it's not Roma, it will be somebody else. But again, I agree that they're not going to finish ahead of Roma, but you know. Yeah. Um, Atalanta, on, we miss you guys. <laughs> no, we don't miss you. You can stay where you are. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. No joke today. <laughs> It was an amazing story, but all amazing stories are supposed to end at some point. So just because this amazing team, it's not like Barcelona is the greatest team ever, and then they 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 start finishing 14th. That's it's totally different. This is a team that was finishing mid table and that that had a run of Champions League, and that two year run, no one can ever. Even I can see in four years that four year run, no one can ever take anything away from what they've done. But this notion that we need to feel sad about a team that's not supposed to be a Champions League pushing team that are that kind of go back to normal. And it's not even going back to normal. They went above and beyond where they were supposed to be. And even now they're a team that's going to make the Europa League. So, yes, it's, it's in a sense, I get, yeah, it's, that team was great. But the team we fell in love with is not, this isn't the team. Gasparini isn't, hasn't been the same this season. And then their best player isn't there anymore. So it's not even the same team. So all the emotional connection that we had with Alonso, all a lot of those players aren't even there anymore. So it's, 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 it's literally not the team we fell in love with. This is a new, it's a new team. The only guys on that team that we really are, are infatuated with is the bots and Illicit. So there's not that many players left. So when I say stay where you are, it's not because I don't love Alonso. I do. It's because the team that we all fell in love with doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, up next, we, they've the the finally we did lose a game versus Sassuolo, drawing one one. Cagliari. Uh, who, who? Cagliari. <laughs> okay, I thought you. I talked about Palmer because they haven't won a game in a while either. Um, yeah, uh, Craig. No, whatever you're paying him. Double it because he made some really big saves in that game. Calgary uh, probably should have would have won this game if it wasn't for for, for um, the, the the just frauds of Sassuolo. As it looks like now they haven't done much lately. They had that great start, kind of fell off a cliff. Um, they kind of looked like Calgary looked last year where they made the Champions League season. Kind of fell apart in the end, down the stretch, and it seems like they're going on the same way. The, so, Swallow will still finish in the top ten, um, but this this isn't a team that was ever going to challenge for European football. Um, Swallow uh, didn't play very well. Uh, they got that late uh, Boga goal at the end, and Calgary didn't play well either. But they got that goal off uh, uh, Pedro scored in that game, so um, it was pretty even. Um, but I I feel bad for Calgary because they were this close. They were like eight minutes away from all three points, and then they got. They got the tar- the tar- the um the carpet uh, taken out from underneath them, unfortunately. But um, good for you, good point. As finally have a, a gray spot on in your last five games. So um, because it was all red before that. Um, so I'm happy that they got a point. But I I would feel if I was a fan of Calgary, I would feel disappointed that we didn't get all three. Well, yeah, I agree with that because especially, but of course, sometimes that last minute goal from Sassiola was the thing that. 
the Concessiolo may not be a European European uh, competing team, but they're a team that is known to do damage to even relegation sides. Um, but hopefully Cagliari is able to at least find the positives in this match and use them to their advantage to hopefully get some sort of momentum going because this is a team we know can perform at a good level if given, like, the chance to do their magic. Um, up next, Salami beats Cortone 3-0. You had to say okay, name, Genoa. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, because you it may it, sorry uh, it may sound like something that you'll remember, but uh, but I I associate right. Genoa with Genoa. You know what I mean? So you can say a hey, salami team, but I'm not going to know if you just say salami. <laughs> with croutons, I get it because it's in the name. Um, yeah, Genoa looked good, man. Uh, uh, Matteo Destro, two goals, former Roma player. I don't want him back, as some Roma fans are saying on Twitter, but but uh, uh, I appreciate uh, what he's done over there. I'm um, doing a really good job. Uh, pretty simple victory for uh, for Genoa, and uh, yeah, this team this team may not even finish in the. Uh, they might finish clear of the relegation zone. They're starting to play really well, um, and I'm, I'm getting a little optimistic of what their future could be like if they if they make some good signings in the summer. They could they could turn back into a mid-table team. Um, they've been playing really well since you said they are going, going re- getting relegated. Um, so they've been really showing up and, and doing it big. And with Sampdoria healthily in the league, uh, Genoa are starting to create a little separation from the bottom of the table, just pushing off a little bit and trying to, to get into those moments where they can, they can be effective. Um, but at the end of the day, um, Genoa had to be happy with the way they're playing. Uh, whatever wasn't working at the beginning of the season, it's working now. And uh, they, they, they come up big. They get the points. Yeah, exactly. Um, Genoa, you're doing a great job. Keep up the hard work. Um, and as always, we always say time after time that you ain't going to do it. You're going to get relegated. But then, of course, you, you come out here and do the stuff and you prove us wrong. But Which is actually a good thing. So... Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done too. Show. I mean, because every single time we do that, we look like fools. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they don't finish that far off where we predict them to finish, but this season they, they might get close to the mid table. Let me ask you this Do you think it's, and this, do you think if they make the right signings the next couple of years, they could become a team that, uh, Maybe not pushes Europe, but pushes I actually think that's not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, I mean that is definitely yeah, a, yeah. an attainable goal for them, especially seeming as they normally finish near the bottom of the table. But if they do what is needed, they could push for that conversation at some point. If they are going to do that, however, I would see that happening in maybe like two, maybe three seasons. Yeah, they need they need to be able to keep their best players as well. They can't, they don't have the capacity to to sell their best and then and then um, then buy replacements. They have to keep their team and then add some pieces. Um, again, if you're a player that's wanted by 
Broma, Inter, Napoli, Juventus, Alanta, teams like that. That's just a more prop. It's a better proposition than than Genoa is. But if they have a team that can that can do some stuff, then you're you're, you're you could be right there. Um, unfortunately, uh, Nicola uh, Var- not Varela, um, Rov- Rovella um, is signing for Juventus next season, um, so he will no longer be there. But I think if they make the right kind of deals, um, who knows what can happen. So I, the power to them, and uh, again, people forget this team has six league titles. So I just want just to remind people that. So they have history. So it's it's it might not be easy to convince someone to sign for them, but you can you can understand you can they have a they have some case as far as that. So I, I like to see them make some bits and make some noise this summer. I want to see them spend all their money and try to get this team back where it belongs, and uh, because. In the old days, not in the old days, and even like five, six years ago, they were finishing uh, in the top ten pretty regularly. So, um, yeah, uh, good, good, yep, win, good win, definitely. And so, up next, Napoli win two zero against Parma. <sighs> All right, here we go. Is this the rant um, match? <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, it is. I'll uh, get the popcorn. So, so Napoli won this 2-0. Um, they did not play particularly well. Palmer didn't play particularly well either. Um, what's the one thing we we have been saying last month what Palmer need? Um, anyway, I was going I was asking you, what it, what what is the one we've been talking several weeks, uh, what is the one thing that Parma need? We we've been talking about this the last couple. Of, what is the thing we repeatedly said? Oh gosh! Um, what can't defender? they do? What can't they do? They can't score a goal. Right. So their whole idea is: all right, we need to sign someone that can score goals. All right. So that, I mean, that's that's pretty clear to me. It's it's obvious. Um, they got Joshua Zerky now from from Bayern Munich on loan. Um, he should be a, a good option. Um, so. Uh, it's it's zero. It's I think it's one nail in the first half. You have one shot on goal. You sign Dennis Mann, Romanian, uh, really good Romanian player from uh, Stal Bucharest. Just so people know, this is a, this is a steal. Not because of the money, but because this is a player that is that based on qualities should be should have gotten a big a. a had the opportunity to play for a better team than Parma. He is above relegation quality, and if he has a good season, he'll be going to a bigger club next season. Um, so you're talking about a player now that has scored 17 goals this season, along with seven assists. It is one nil. You have zero shots on goal. You have one shot, none on goal. Right? You have the player. You know that player that's supposed to help you get out of the relegation zone. He's sitting on your bench for 80 fucking minutes. Are you serious? I mean, li- listen, I-, I don't understand what the logic is here. Oh, he, he has. He- oh, he's never played in Italian football. You know how you get him to play in Italian football? You let him play. Bring him in the game. Look, you're losing this game. You're in the relegation zone. You have the, the least amount of goals in the whole fucking league. You have a 17 goal scorer on your bench. You just spent 15 million to sign him. You know what? You know what's a good idea is playing him 
because he's the only player at that current moment on your team who has the has the capacity to hit the back of the net regularly. You go watch what he's played this season in Romania and in Europe. He is hitting the back of the net on a regular basis from close, from deep, dribbling, beating one-on-one, all these situations. He is scoring in every possible manner. You, you get the steal of the window. Dennis Mann, who is, who is still very young and has the potential to be a great player in Serie A, he is very Serie A-like. He has the mentality. He has the energy. He has the capabilities. He has, the, he has all of that. He is your key to score goals. Listen, Parma, if you don't score goals, you're going to be relegated, which will be a shame after you just had a financial takeover. Sign You sign the guy, the man, as, as you would say, and he's on your bench for 80 minutes. You know what happened in between that? That Napoli had the game won. So it's pointless letting him run out for 10 minutes. And when he ran out, he gave them some energy. I don't know, an energy that you could have had, you know, 40 fucking minutes ago. So, like, I just don't understand. This is, this is as, um, as Ryan um, would say, this was egregious. You can't be serious. Like, like this is just, this is just, it, this just, like, I'm out of words. It just, it, it just, all I'm saying is, when you sign someone who scored 17 goals and you can't score goals, what on earth is he doing? On If he's not going to play the game, don't put him on your bench. He was on your bench sitting there waiting for an opportunity to come in. And against a Napoli team that wasn't playing particularly well, this was an opportunity to get something from this game. Look, if he's not starting next game, I'm rioting. I'm coming down to your facility and I'm, I'm, I'm protesting. Can I help? Um, look, they're, they're bringing in Joshua Zerke. That's going to help as well. Those two up top can get you out of relegation zone. But in order for you to actually get out of the zone, you have to actually play the players that can get you out of it. Um, they made some other good signings. They've, they've had a good window, but they have to now use the players that they have. Um, the two forwards that they have should work. Um, put them up top, and, and you'll get enough goals to keep you out of relegation zone. But in order to do that, you actually have to play them. And in a game against Napoli, you can say what you want. That is the time to play them. You want it? Like, I, I just don't understand what they, what they were thinking on this. Anyway, that was okay. Whatever. They won. But, you know. <laughs> Do you feel a little bit better now? I'm not feel fine. I, I wasn't even mad. I'm just, I, I'm just <laughs> appalled by the decision that was made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one crap show after another at... Um... Parma, it's like, guys, as Elliot just said, you just bought a striker to fix one of your main issues, which is finding the goal. So, it's like you, it's like you have a piece right there that is capable of keeping you out of the relegation zone and to do what you guys did by leaving him on there and bring him on with only 10 minutes left, what the hell are you thinking? I mean, Parma, if you get relegated, it's going to suck for us because we took a liking to you. You were supposed to be the chosen one, as they would say in Star Wars. But, or Harry I Potter. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter, yeah. I mean, Look, just... I'll be honest with you. I have a, I have an, a, 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 a not affiliation. I have respect for you as a club. If, if Dennis Mann is, is not on your team next year, screw you. I mean, seriously. 
you you look if, if you're gonna buy one of my countrymen, use him. You know why I'm not complaining about Calgary's midfield? Because they're playing my Romanian countrymen in the midfield. He's having a great season. He's not the reason they're losing. I want Calgary to survive because of that. And yes, I understand that he's same country, so I might be a little bit more emotional about stuff that happens within the club. We don't have a lot of, you know, Romanian players in the league. So I want the, the more we have and the more playing well. It's, it's great for not just for me, not just for the, the you know, you, but for the, for the league as a whole. Um, so he's having an outstanding season. Just so people understand, if he, if he finishes his season in Romania, he is the player of the year in Romania. Um, so now is he the best Romanian player we got right now? Ah, maybe not. But, but at the same time, um, he is one of among the best on the national team at the moment. And our national team sucks, but still he's shown qualities to, to he is like, he's exactly, if you just watch his, his film, he's exactly what Parma need. Someone who can score in multiple ways. Now he doesn't have the athletic ability of some of these other strikers. He doesn't have the speed or athleticism of Jovino, but he has the technical ability and he sees the field really well. He can score goals. So look, I understand if you don't start him because you know what? It's you know it's the first it's his first game. I get it. But when you have zero shot, one shot in the, in the whole game at the forty-five minute mark, bring him on. Even if you want to extend it at fifty-five of the minimum, you should have brought him. On. Even at that point, you still had the one shot. You needed an infusion of energy, and you could not look on the bench and see your, clearly your solutions just sitting there waiting for to get to, to for his opportunity. I'm sure he's grateful for his ten minutes. He did play well. Uh, next game they have, he has to play, and Josh Zerke should be there too. So the two of them have to play together. If they want any chance of surviving, it's through these two. And if they go down, there's no way that they're they're gonna sign a contract with them. So be that as it may. Yeah. So Parma, if you actually know what's good for you, when you actually want to try to stay up this uh, until next season. Start using the guy. Please yeah. and thank you. Yeah, I mean, Catrone is going down. Um, Torino's going down. I, I, I think um, the, uh, Torino might not. I don't know. I think Torino and Catrone go, go down. So all you got to do is is not finish. Just finish one spot above the relegation zone if that's what it takes. And you have the materials. Just, just go and use it. But anyway, I'm done with that. Yeah. And last but not least, Roma win three one against Verona. Indeed, um, good game. Um, we needed a performance because I know we won four three last week. We conceded three, um, so I didn't feel good about that. It had to take a ninety second minute um, situation for Pellegrini to to win us the game. Um, no Jekko again. Um, I don't know if there's not if there's time in the window, but we're, I doubt that he plays very much this season anymore. Um, it's just the, the bridges have been burned already. Um, he seems more happy in the stands than he does in the game. So um, I think that's everything you need to know. Um, Brian Reynolds and Stefan El Sharawi were both in attendance. I actually enjoy. I, I like that. Uh, that they were in the game because because if for those who don't know Brian Reynolds had just signed that day, he hadn't officially signed till today, but he arrived in Rome yet uh, yesterday, 
And he basically went through his medical clear and then went straight to the game. Um, so I like the fact that he showed up. Um, anyway, on the game, in terms of the pitch, uh, the, probably the most dominant first-half performance um, of the season outside of the Bologna game. The Bologna probably gets the edge because we scored five goals in 45 minutes. But in this game, we scored three goals in a span of 10 minutes, which is really phenomenal. Um, I would say this. On the first goal, uh, Mancini gets the header, goes in the back of the net, I think. Uh, Well-timed, well-executed, all that stuff. Um, The second goal is what I really want to focus on. Because Boja uh, Moriel had an, had an opportunity to score a goal in that situation. He comes into the box. Uh, Silvestri comes out to try to deal with him. So he has basically – he is by himself. Silvestri is out of the box. So he has an opportunity to try to score there. But instead of doing what probably most people would have done, he sees uh, Mkhitaryan open. He hits the ball to Mkhitaryan, forcing Di Silvestri to run back and – uh, Mkhitaryan hits a bullet into the back of the net, which I think that's his 10th goal of the season, um, 11th in all competitions. He's having a phenomenal season. Um, I, I Personally, he is, for me, he is serious player of the season so far. If he keeps this up, I don't see it's somebody who can knock them off. Um, that's just me. That's, you know, but everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, and it's not even a Roma thing. If you just look at the production he's had, he's been amazing. And then shortly after that, uh, Pellegrini hits a strike from out the box, saved. But then right there, right at the right time, Oriel puts the ball in the back of the net. Roma will go up 3-0. Bad, bad, bad uh, defending on the on the Verona goal. Uh, Coley comes in, scores. But Roma dominated uh, Verona, made them, look, made them look mediocre, made them look average. And this was exactly the performance that was going to be required in a game like this. Um, especially because Juventus comes on Saturday and now Rome will go into that with sense of confidence. Two things that concern me, Pellegrini has a yellow card, can't play against Juventus and Chris Mullen got injured 10 minutes in. Um, I don't know what his, what the situation is for, for, uh, for Saturday. Um, but it's possible they'll be without those two, which, which is a little concerning, but Max Kambula came in really played, performed well. Um, and collectively it was a good performance. Uh, the only positive Rome really can take is how good the goalkeeper was. Uh, Roman could have made it five, six goals if it wasn't for his, his ability. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall good performance. Stay in the top three. Um, Juventus next week is going to be big, but uh, for, the, for the time being, I think they should really feel happy about the way they performed. Yeah, definitely a great win for them. Um, they performed really well. Um, of course, you, as you said, you, you could have – easily went up a couple more goals, but due to the keeper of Parma, and I think he is one of the keepers that we had also mentioned for a potential replacement for Andanovic, right? Yeah, uh, Silvestri. He, he's, uh, yeah, there's several teams that will be interested in trying to sign him. Uh, I think Roma, Inter, Lazio, all among them. Um, and I think he's he is 29 years old, so it will make the price his price a little lower than what it would be for, you know, another, another keeper. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, I would probably at this point go for Adero, uh, if I was, if Rome was going to buy a new keeper, um, but Sylvester's not far off. I think, I think they're both good options, but he certainly showed his value in that team, especially the way Rome attacked them last night. Right. So overall, very, very good performance for Roma. Um, (laughs) 
And um, you had told me to ask you this. Uh, what was your reaction to the Brian Reynolds, um, uh, what was that, the uh, press conference? Yeah, that's right. Um, I uh, I was very impressed with what I heard from him. Um, he handled the uh, Juventus question as a champ because we know that Roma was after alleged uh, negotiation with Juventus. He decided to come to Roma and said that sort of thing. He asked him about it. He basically defunct the whole thing, basically saying that his questions, the, his commitment had nothing to do with that. It was just he was he was happy to have so many teams after him, um, but he made the right decision, and um, he's already spoken to the coach. Uh, he should be made available for the, the match um, on um, on s- Saturday. I would not start him. You don't want your, your Serie A debut to be against Juventus, so I think he'll be on the bench for that one, uh, but I think he will make some appearances this season. I don't see him going to the Primavera. Uh, I think when you spend the amount of money that Rome spent on him, you can't just put him in the in the the youth team. Uh, maybe maybe for different points this season, um, but I expect him to play in the Europa League. I expect him to make some appearances in Serie A. It gives competition to Rick Karsdorp, who's been great, and also can play in a back three. Um, but he's attacking minded. Uh, more so, and he understands in the press conference, he talks about his defensive issues and that he wants to improve his defensive part of the game, um, which you never hear guys with that issue talk about. You don't hear Trent talk about it. You don't hear Theo talk about it. You don't hear Bastoni talk about it. So the fact that he's acknowledging that that's something he's working on, I think is really important. And um, he seemed nervous. I think he's just so, so, so excited to be uh, at a Europe, big European club. And um, now I'm happy with him. And uh, we're we're going to see uh, what else Rawi um, and Reynolds will bring to the team, not only this season, but for the next couple of years. Right. And do you have anything you'd like to, like, anything else or any other questions or anything like that? Um, uh, let's see. Is there any big deals that went through that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I don't think there has been really much of anything this transfer window Oh, there's been a lot. I'm just trying to figure out if we talked about them yet. Uh, No, I think we talked about everything. Okay. um, Just to let you guys know, um, Elliot and uh, our good friend James have started a new podcast with Ryan Has the Host. Um, The Deutschland Football Hour, where they talk all... It's basically like a show like this, where we basically break down the different matches of the week and talk about... It's to, to be honest, it's more like the Olympico because because Ryan's hosting, he, he goes into different sort of topics. It's not game game by game breakdown that we do. It's, it's a little different, but it's it's in the same. Um, it's similar, it, but I, I would say it's closer to the Olympico than it is to this. But but yeah, anyway, if you check it out, we appreciate it. Really good episode last last Tuesday. Um, this upcoming this tomorrow, we're going to be talking about. We'll talk about the Bundesliga stories. Um, I'm going to be talking about why Andre Silva is the perfect partner for Erling Holland at Dortmund. We're also going to mention the, the American um, influence. That's mainly going to pri- pri- primarily orchestrate tomorrow's episode around the American uh, talents in the league and and whatever and whatever else Ryan has cooked up. But that's basically what you can you can expect tomorrow. 
And then if you also haven't checked out James and Elliot's show, The uh, Football Apex, definitely check that out. And if you haven't listened to Cannon Snakes in the Olympico, definitely go get on that too because although that it has been a while since it's been us three on the podcast, but... Um, we have one new episode though. Yeah, but they do have one new episode, which was an emergency episode with Elliot and Ryan discussing some Premier League stuff, some Serie A stuff. So go out and check that one out. Um, but that's pretty much it. As always, I'm Danielle, and we'll see you on the next one.